lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, Todd Erzin, and Aaron McIntyre. They are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash stevedace. You can follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for samples of this show that you can view yourself, and then perhaps if you would be so inclined, you can share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Again, that's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Coming up here next hour, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be here. I saw yesterday that his piece laying out how we just got and the Constitution just got annihilated on multiple fronts, by a Republican-majority Supreme Court. Uh, The piece that he wrote for Conservative Review here was read verbatim on the air yesterday by Rush Limbaugh. So, you know, we, we really needed Rush to read stories like this on the air 10 years ago. But, hey, man, it's the same thing when it comes to your health. If you If you couldn't get it right 10 years ago, you can get it right today, right? So... Maybe, maybe that getting out to his audience, because the whole canard of voting Republican for good judges is is a, well, canard. We've been doing that for years, and it hasn't thwarted what's been going on in the courts at all. We actually need to have Republicans defy judges. That's what we need them to do, defy judges. We need that spirit of 1776, again, is what we need. Where, where our favorite word is no, no. No, not doing that. No, no to that. No, no to that. That's definitely not happening. No, no. We need no's everywhere. No's. The no's need to abound. No. You know, when God introduces his law to the world on a couple of stone tablets, it's a series of no's. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. Not, not to the O, to the O, no, no. Yeah. 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 No. No is a magical place. It's a magical word. And that word needs to be reintroduced. No. No. Appreciate your thought. I've considered it, but no. Making Rosa Parks great again. Yeah, we need to make no great again. Sort of talk to Daniel, get his analysis on the Supreme Court and what's going on right now uh, inside politics. That's coming up next hour of the show. Of course, we'll have our weekly fun segment known as Buy, Sell, or Hold, one of our more popular segments each week here on the program. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by... So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband. Because the woke mob coming for everybody out here. Yesterday, Google announced two websites, right-leaning Zero Hedge and the conservative website The Federalist, were essentially in their doghouse due to so-called controversial content on their platforms. Google took the step to ban Zero Hedge from making money from Google ads while they issued a warning to The Federalist regarding their content as well. According to Google, the issue 
stems from user comments on the website, which the Federalist and Zero Hedge play no role in curating. The entire action stemmed from an <clears throat> investigation by NBC News in which activist reporter Adele Momoko Frazier called Google to complain about the websites. The reporter later tweeted and deleted a tweet thanking two foreign intelligence groups for their help with the story. Quote, thanks to SF Fake News and CCD Hate for their hard work and collaboration. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. To bottom line this for you, an NBC News reporter colluded with foreign operatives and Google to basically deplatform the Federalist and Zero Hedge to conservative websites. Tucker Carlson, your thoughts? So how about House Republicans? Well, this spring, Congressman Doug Collins, a ranking, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, and Jim Sensenbrenner, the ranking member of the Antitrust Subcommittee, released a letter defending Google and the other tech monopolies from scrutiny. They attacked any investigation of the tech companies that might have, quote, preconceived conclusions that large tech companies are inherently bad or must be broken up. They actually wrote that. Who is paying these guys? And more to the point, whose side are they on? Again, let us hope for a vigorous primary challenge to these two and any who share this view. Year in and year out, we vote for these people in the fervent hope they will stand up for us when it matters. Now it matters. And now, like every time before, they sell us out. Time is up. Seriously, it is too much. The stakes are too high. We need better leadership. We need someone to protect us. Nobody is. Speaking of Tucker Carlson, he took the crown as cable news's most watched host in the last week. This comes after he faced a bevy of backlash for his recent comments regarding Black Lives Matter. Moving on, update on college athletics. Mike Gundy, the head football coach of Oklahoma State University, was dragged earlier this week by star running back Chuba Hubbard for Gundy wearing an OAN t-shirt. Well, now Mike Gundy is flogging himself for being insensitive. They helped me see through their eyes how the T-shirt affected their hearts. Once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and knew it was completely unacceptable to me. I want to apologize to all members of our team, former players and their families for the pain and discomfort that has been caused over the last two days. The University of Virginia has changed their logo because racism. The old Cavaliers logo with the crossed sabers used to have serpentine walls on the hilt. Apparently that's racist, so they got rid of them. Dartmouth College says it intends to remove an iconic weather vane from its library tower on campus because it's racist somehow. The weather vane artfully depicts Eliezer Wheelock, the founder of Dartmouth College, giving a lecture to Native American students. Dartmouth was originally founded with the mission of teaching Native Americans. The Duluth, Minnesota school district has banned the use of To Kill a Mockingbird and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn from their class coursework because racism. Quaker Oats just announced they're removing the name and image of Aunt Jemima from their brands in an effort to, quote, make progress toward racial equality. Human rights organizations in Italy are looking to ban Dante's Divine Comedy from classrooms due to its, quote, unquote, racist, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic content. Back in the U.S., Senator Tim Kaine said this yesterday. The first African-Americans into the English colonies came to Point Comfort, Virginia in 1619. They were slaves. They'd been captured against their will. But they landed in colonies that didn't have slavery. There were no laws about slavery in the colonies at that time. 
The United States didn't inherit slavery from anybody. We created it. New Yorker headline, how racist was Flannery O'Connor? And finally, every corporate email in your inbox for the last two weeks. Hi, I'm the CEO of every major company in America. I just wanted to take the time to say that here at my company, black lives matter. I know we spent all of February virtue signaling, I mean, speaking to the black community, but sometimes current events happen. And in order to make sure you social justice warriors continue making me richer, I simply can't stand by and let a situation like this go to waste. Last year, only nine unarmed black men were shot and killed by the police. But now is not the time for facts. Now is the time for feelings. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. You know, over 40% of American families are now looking at homeschooling for this fall. Uncertainty about will their school district be open? Uh, what will be the crazy demands they'll put on their kids for letting them even back in? Not to mention, while your kids were at home, maybe you got more of a look at the curriculum that you've been subjecting them to than ever before. And you're thinking, maybe we can do this ourselves. Well, according to the nation's report card, reading and math proficiency has declined steadily over the last 10 years, too. So not only are your kids getting brainwashed, but they're getting dumber. So the good news is Freedom Project Academy is here to help your children get back on track with live, interactive, and online educational experiences for students across the country. From the comfort and convenience and safety of your home, children can receive an accredited classical online education built on Judeo-Christian values for students K-12, through where they teach students how to think not what to think. If you are interested in more information, get your free information packet today at freedomforschool.com. Open enrollment ends soon, so reserve your spot today. freedomforschool.com. Again, that is freedomforschool.com. Let's let's get to the montage, shall we? Um what happened yesterday with Google? And I was actually in a in a meeting about the nefarious plot movie yesterday, and this whole thing like went down in the two hours I was in that movie. So by the time I got out and heard about it, the whole story was over. And basically, the the entirety of conservative media seemed to push back on behalf of the Federalist and draw a line in the sand. That is smart because what occurred yesterday was a trial balloon. It was an attempt to see how much further you can be pushed. Because you and I have shown that we're willing to be pushed quite a bit, actually. So that's what that was. And Google's the most powerful corporation on planet Earth. They didn't get that way by being this dumb. Okay? They knew exactly what they were doing. And this was a trial balloon. This was to see how far you could be pushed. Aaron. See, Steve... Like a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, we, this was a major conversation, and it just seems like five, ten years ago now, this was a major conversation we had all of last year, and we said this exact same thing with Alex Jones getting banned from YouTube. I believe that was the conversation, and a few other fringe figures as well getting banned from YouTube. This was, this was an attempt, and I think the, we probably used the exact words, that was a trial balloon. To see what the reaction would be. And before too long, we would see them try to branch out to a little bit more. And that's exactly the playbook that it seems like Google is following right yes. now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's it's to keep pushing and to see where where's your line? Where will you draw the line? What Tucker Carlson is doing right now and the success that he has for that he is receiving 
as a result. Got a contract up next year. So apparently you can be, you, you, you can be successful hitting the Republican party from the right, taking up cultural causes and um, holding the GOP, including Donald Trump accountable when they punk out or they're wrong. Apparently when, you know, there is an audience for this, only the largest audience in all of cable news. Hot damn. Do you know how many people I've been told over the years? or have told me over the years, there was no audience for this. This could not be done. Well, there's always been an audience for it. That's how I've gotten as far doing it as I have. It's just a matter of whether you want to put up with that audience, whether you want to market to that audience. See, what has gone on here on the right? And this, this, this comes from on high with the Republican Party. The Republican Party wants to serve the audience it prefers to have not the audience it actually does. It wants its base to be different people than they are. That's the problem. The party's not communist. They're not as left as the, as the Democratic Party. They're not. They have a lot of the same worldview biases and assumptions, but they're not that nuts. But, but, but they're not with you and I either. It's a false flag operation in a duopoly. That's why the Overton window always moves in the direction of the Democratic Party. As I've laid out for you before, if this, if, this is, if this is the center of American politics right here, the average Democrat voter in your neighborhood, unless you live in an Austin or an Ann Arbor kind of college town, okay, um, or you live in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, if you live in Des Moines, Iowa, if you live in Dallas, Texas, if you live in, um, uh, you know, uh, San Diego, California, okay, where mo- the places most Americans live, unless you're in a hardcore college town, this won't be true. But in most of your suburbs and exurbs, if this is the center, the average Democrat base voter in your neighborhood is about right here to the left of that center. The problem is the average person who runs and has a say in the Democratic Party is way over here to the left. They're the ones who get platforms on the networks. They're the ones who control their blogosphere. They're the ones that, that, have, that are the gatekeepers of the Overton window on the other side. So even if the average Democrat in your family or the average Democrat in your neighborhood, if this is the center and they're about right here, okay, it doesn't matter. Because the world, the, the, the creation operates on the principle of headship. That's the way the creator determined our reality. We can't get away from it. That's why it doesn't matter how conservative the Republican base is. As long as the leaders aren't with you, the party will continue to move left no matter how many conservatives show up at your local base meeting. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And the reason why the creator set it up on headship is so we'd have accountability. Right? Is it, is, it, is it easier to hold a few people accountable or a mass multitude accountable? Right? There has to be order. There must be order. That's why it operates on headship. So the headship in the Democratic Party is way to the left of the average Democratic voter. Now, if this is the center, here's how it operates on the Republican Party. The average Republican base voter is like way over here on the right. And the average person that you elect in the Republican Party is about right here. And the average person that runs the Republican Party is about right here. So just as the headship on the Democratic Party is way to the left of their base, and so it moves everybody to the left, right? 
the headship in the Republican Party is way to the left of their base. And so which direction does it move that party to? Everything goes left. Everything goes left. Everything always goes left. It's just a matter of, we're just debating now the rate and the pace. Okay? But you're, you're, you're not, there's no argument over the direction. We make this mistake in conservative media. We are just responding to their narratives all day. We rarely put forth an affirmative of our own. And that makes it really hard to govern when we actually win elections. Because since, our, since most of the time when we win, it's, an, it's because of the reaction to what Democrats really think and not an affirmative vision for what we are offering, right? That, that's why we haven't had a visionary leader since Reagan, because that's really the last time that somebody got elected to the presidency on an alternative vision for the country until 2016. Trump had, you may not think he, he could articulate the vision well, you may not think he even believed in the vision, but there's no question he cast an alternative vision to Hillary Clinton, a dramatically different vision from what she offered. You just have seen now, in, particularly this year, he has done a very poor job of acting on it and has allowed himself to be on the defensive and is largely governed out of fear the majority of 2020. And when that happens, okay, if, if, if Trump's not going to be strong in offering an alternative vision to the Democrats, but he's going oh, to offer, he's going to abrogate his authority to Jared Kushner instead, what's going to happen is now we're back to the dynamic we were at pre-Trump, where you and I are over here saying, like Tucker Carlson said last night on Fox, and I've been saying on this show for 10 years, and it's funny to watch, there's some people I'm working with in conservative media right now around in this industry who thought I, I needed to be uh, excommunicated. Who suddenly all want to glom on and sign on. You know what? Fine. I just want my damn country back. At this point, I don't care who gets the credit. Okay? But now we're back to where things were pre-Trump. Where Mitch McConnell cares more about what Politico writes than what anything is said. And, and it doesn't matter. We had... I don't even know how many million unique users. we I can't even remember the number of unique users we had come to see the blaze last month. It's a hell of a lot more. It's a hell of a lot more Republican voters though that are ever going to read a damn word in Politico. I can promise you that millions more. Mitch McConnell doesn't care what we say because he hates us. Cause he doesn't like you. He wants Politico's approval instead. That's why they're standing up there in freaking masks, buying into the systemic racism narrative yeah, in that photo op. That's why. It's why it's not new. Gang of Eight. Remember when I told you that when they were all joking, when they all said they would never put up with Nancy Pelosi's two trillion dollar bailout, second bailout for COVID nineteen, and I said, and I told you what's going to happen is they're going to say it's going to be a trillion, not a trillion, and and people thought I was joking. No, Mitch McConnell literally did that like three days later. We're not passing anything more than a trillion dollars out of the Senate. We're we're only slightly fiscally insane. Okay, I mean that. So we're back to this dynamic, which is why the variable here, nothing's changed. This is the way things were before Trump. The variable is Donald Trump. That's why people like me and Daniel Horowitz and others have been pushing you to pressure him from the right this whole presidency rather than kiss his ass and fawn. Because if you don't get Trump to do it, no one's going to do it, guys. No one is. The same people that were running this poop show called the Republican Party before he got elected are still running it. They all hate you and they can't stand you. I promise. I know more of them than you. They all hate you. All of them do. 
Chances are your Republican governor, in rare exceptions, even your Republican governor hates you more than the highest ranking Democrat in the state legislature. I promise you that's true. They're ecstatic that Neil Gorsuch defined mental illness, gender dysphoria in the civil rights code because they're like, crap now. They're off the hook. They don't have to do it now because they wanted to do it. But they had to pretend to be shadow boxing and fighting it so that you could keep lying to you and get you to vote for them. See, this is the real reason people didn't want people like me saying this stuff all these years. And they're not going to want Tucker Carlson saying it. It's not because there's not a market for it, but because there is, and there's always been a market for it. They just didn't want the truth to come out. Because it pays, homeboy, to be somebody's whore. Somebody's, Somebody's stenographer. It pays well. And I gots to get them clicks, yo. Hate the game, not the player. What also is a game that's being played is what's going on with race. And I say this as somebody who has spent an inordinate amount of time compared to most others in conservative media trying to substantively address racial issues, encouraging racial, biracial, cross-racial dialogue. I've been, I've gone to the inner city black churches most white people would never, ever be at. And that's why I can tell you, there may, this, what's going on in this country right now with race may be about a lot of things. Let me tell you though, what I absolutely know 100% from my own experience, that it's not about racial healing. It's not about that. Because I've seen what it takes to do that. It takes worship together, prayer together, forgiveness on both sides. The work of relationship, where I'm involved in your life and you're involved in mine, so that we can see each other as individuals and not with the tribalistic distinctions that are passed down on us and bestowed upon us by the broader culture. Gentlemen, do you see any of that occurring here? Is any of that happening? Rarely. I don't know. But maybe if we keep trying what we're doing right now, eventually it'll, it'll work like magic. When you're healed of something, is the wound worse? Wouldn't that, first of all, please tell me that's the dumbest question anybody's asked you yet today. How does the wound get worse? If you're healing. Now, sometimes you got to put a hydrogen peroxide, a salt. You got to clean out a wound, right? Okay. But that's so that the wound will scab. Because that's, because when the wound scabs, that means it's what? It's healing. It gets better. It doesn't make the wound worse. It may sting a little bit, but it doesn't make the wound itself work. Or worse, when your mom put the hydrogen peroxide on that cut on your elbow, it didn't make the cut grow. It stung because it was healing the cut. But eventually, you saw the cut close, right? Yeah. You saw healing. Did you see the cut get more acute? Did you see the cut spread? After your mom put the hydrogen peroxide and Band-Aid on, your, on the cut on your elbow, did you have to go to the doctor a month later and have it amputated because the infection just spread everywhere? No. But that's what's happening here. Because this may be about a lot of things. But let me tell you, 
as one of the few 46-year-old white men in America that's actually taken part in biracial, cross-racial ministry and healing. Let me tell you, I've seen it with my own eyes, made mistakes in this arena. This may be, what's going on in this country may be about a lot of things. And we can even debate, are they good or bad? But let me tell you what they're not about. None of this is about racial healing. None of it is. Because this isn't the path to go in there. This is going to make things a lot worse. People are waking up with a Chaz-shaped hole in their heart, Steve. And, and <laughs> <laughs> because we're, this is about swinging the pendulum one way and then swinging it the other. This is about settling scores. Most of them pretend. I, I don't give a poop what the syrup is called. And if Jemima is a racist name, and it, it, it might be, I don't know. But then why wasn't it a racist name last year? Why, why wasn't it a racist? Frankly, I've tried the syrup, but I don't think it's that good. Why, why wasn't it a racist name the year before? Do you know why? Why wasn't it a racist name, name in 1989? How about, you know, the, the folks who took the high-pressure water hoses in the South? Did Aunt Jemima just appear in 1998? It's been around for a while, right? Yeah. The folks who took the high-pressure water hoses in the South. The folks who took the lynchings. Can you show me the Martin Luther King Jr. speech after he got done and said, and now to the grocery stores of Montgomery and the Aunt Jemima syrup? See, this isn't about any of this. It's not about any of this. It's not about anything they're claiming it's about. This is all a lie. All the people engaged in it are lying to you or either have fallen for the lie. That's why you're not having a discussion. You're being lectured. If you listen or watch this show on a regular basis, you know, I know a thing or two about lectures. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I know a soliloquy. I know a monologue when I see it. All right. I know how I know I'm, I'm an expert on lecturing. I'm, it's, I, I can't resist my temptation. It's one of my, it's, it's one of my not so adorable vices I have. I like to lecture. This isn't a conversation. There's no listening taking place unless you're the one listening and adopt whole cloth, everything they say. If I were a black player on the Oklahoma state football program, if I wasn't thinking of transferring out before, I'd transfer now. That video is such a joke. I mean, he's even reading this thing phonetically out of a teleprompter. Like you can hear, you can, you can hear the sounding out of words. It made me very up, upset to hear what OAN believed about Black Lives Matter. We had a good conversation, me and the players, about what was on their heart. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's just, and imagine, you know, when, when God calls us to sincere repentance, do you know why he does that? Do you know why he breaks you? To put you back together again. If, if after you're broken from your sin, you get up and say to God, I feel very sorry about this. I should not have done it and will do my best to never do it again. God and I, we had a talk and he made me aware of how bad my sin was and I am very, very sorry. I think that, is that, is that what he's after? No, he, he, he's after restoration. You're broken to be restored. That's why you're broken, to be restored. 
not so you have a hostage video, but so that you realize, man, God has a lot better way of doing this than what I was, how I was rolling before. I, I, I'd rather do this his way. It's better. There's no restoration in that video. There's no restoration. The, 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 you know why? Because they're not offering healing. See, when you've been forgiven, you, when you know you've been forgiven, that's when you step into the restoration. When you know, I've been forgiven. I, I can be the person God says I was meant to be. I can do that. that. You step into the restoration when you know you've been forgiven. You know why Drew Brees and his wife, did they put out another Instagram video in the last 10 minutes? Maybe, hell, I don't know. Because there's no forgiveness being offered. Just scolding. Because this isn't a mission. It's an inquisition. It's an intifada. That's what it's happening here. It has no interest in a dialogue or discussion, only in a lecture and in punishment. You're not being restored. You're paying a jizya. Don't grant this any quarter at all. It's evil. This isn't about racial reconciliation at all. This is evil. Say no. Refuse. More in a moment. So why are we taking so many supplements as humans nowadays? Because our food is mass produced for mass consumption and long shelf life. So the vitamins, nutrients, uh, probiotics, prebiotics, all of those things, the antioxidants, all of those things that we we need, omega oils, et cetera, they're all taken out of the food because if they leave all those live organisms in there, it won't last as long as they would like it to on the shelf. That's why we're taking so many supplements because we need to supplement our food to put back in our diet, the stuff that they took out of our food. Same thing goes for our pets as well. That's where Rough Greens Vitasmart comes in. It is not a dog food. It's a premium dog food supplement that apparently tastes pretty good because our dog cap absolutely loves it. You sprinkle it on your dog's food and it, it, it puts all of that great stuff your dog needs, just like us, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, all that great stuff your dog needs, puts it back in his food as well. So healthier skin and coat, better joint health, digestive health as well. You want to see if your dog can thrive more than ever before. Take the 14-day Rough Greens VitaSmart Jumpstart Challenge. It's just $14.95 to take it right now. And you can go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's how you can sign up. $14.95 for 14 days. R-U-F-F is how Rough Greens is spelled. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that is roughgreens.com slash blaze. Before we get to buy, sell, or hold, I want to close the loop on what I was talking about before we we had to get to the break at the end of the last segment. What happens when, when, when the reason, unless your dad's an abuser, the reason your dad spanked you to break you was so that the relationship would be restored because of the act, the wrong act you had committed, severed it. The sin you had committed, the, the immoral behavior, the misbehavior, the disrespect you had shown. You had committed an act that severed that relationship. You needed to be made aware of the cost of that act. 
But it, unless your dad was an abuser, when he looked at you and said, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, trust me, as somebody who's, who spanked his kids a couple of times, but I reserved it for only when it was way, way over the top. So that would be rare. It would send a message. That's true. If, if the goal is to restore the relationship that's been broken by your misbehavior, then it is true. It hurts the father more than it hurts you, just in a different way. When mom looked at you and said, man, I'm really, just really disappointed in you and made you think, I, I, I'll take one of dad's spankings now. That, those are, that's, that's preferable to this, all right? Um, the point of that was to break you. To get you to see the road you're on is dumb. It's a dead end. And and you're you're she feels like you are severing the 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 connection of that relationship. She wants to see it restored. And by and by putting it on you at that level, trying to wake you up, get you to see, hey, wow. I mean, if my mom's is disappointed. This is really bad. That's the point. The reason Christ is broken on that cross is because you'll never know how much it cost to see your sin up on that cross. But maybe you'll have a little preview of what it costs. Maybe. A little morsel of it. Of the price that was paid on your behalf. And 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 the fact that you risked severing the most important relationship in the universe, you and your creator. And, and you'll seek to restore that. You'll want to have it restored. You'll realize what the cost is. Contrast all of that with what's being offered you now. Do you even know what restoration looks like? Do you know? If you bow the knee, what does it look like? How, how would you know? How would you know when you have repented enough? How would you know when you have felt guilty enough? Is that defined for you anywhere? Your friends in your churches and your neighborhoods that are falling for this canard, ask them. How will you know when it is enough? Particularly your friends in your churches. They ought to know the language I was just speaking. How will you know when it is enough? The most powerful being in the universe says, confess your sins to me. Ask me for forgiveness once and I will offer it. And restoration as well. How many more times do you have to confess it? these forces and what's your sin anyway being white isn't that the very definition of racism we're assuming guilt and assessing it now based on the color of your skin the restoration that we have that's offered in the church in our families it, you notice how it breaks those bonds down, right? Todd and I have some very deep theological disagreements. 
why are we able to discuss them openly and not take it personally, even take good natured shots at each other and those disagreements? Why? Why are you less Catholic since you started doing this show? No, no. Am I less evangelical since I started doing this show? No, no. Doesn't mean, by the way, at some point, one of us might not win an argument and that could happen. I don't know what happens in the next few years, but so far, none of us has felt like in order for us to sit next to each other and have an opinion, we have to change our convictions that we brought to the table, right? And in your defense, many people on the show have emailed me over the years and said, I'm the most evangelical Catholic they've ever met. So win. Exactly. I get emails from Catholics all the time saying, finally, an evangelical understands tradition is not just make-believe. I totally get it. Because I respect him as an individual and the feeling is mutual. Amen. Are you being treated as an individual? See, the reason why, the reason why that restoration is found in our families when they're functional is because you're my son. You're my daughter. You're an individual I value. The reason why that restoration happens in in, when, we are, we, when we receive forgiveness from God is because you are fearfully and wonderfully made as an individual in his image. And now there is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, Sith or barbarian, male or female. All those distinctions, he's not talking biologically, he's talking tribally. All those distinctions that divide pagan societies don't exist in the kingdom of God. The only distinction is, are you in the kingdom of God? That's the only distinction. And if you are, feel free to bring any customs, language, dress, style you want with you, provided it doesn't sever your ultimate relationship with God. Other than that, you're valued as an individual. Is that what's happening here? Because I don't see that. I, I see the exact opposite occurring. If you have a badge, presumption of guilt. If you have a skin color, presumption of guilt. If you wear a t-shirt of a television network, presumption of guilt. These are all assumptions made off of a identity. A group identity. No way conservatives should go along with this on any level, shouldn't humor it on any level, should draw a line in the sand and say, hell no. And absolutely, it should go without saying that our churches should not be doing it. And they are. And they are. This is a counterfeit religion. It isn't about racial healing. It has undefinable standards, except for one. Sign up for whatever the group think of the day is. That's how cults operate. That's what this is. It is a, it's the next manifestation of the same spirit of the age cult. Call it global warming, COVID-19. It's just the, the latest, man. it's like a hydra. It's just the latest manifestation. You cut one head off, there's another. And the reason why is for too long as a movement, and as a church body in this country, we have been unwilling and have put off confronting the real enemy here. And now it's at the gate. 
It's in our neighborhoods. There's nowhere you can go. Can't go to a church service even if it is open, if, even if it is open without hearing about it. Can't turn on a ball game. Can't do anything. It has metastasized now. It's corrupted. The entire body now is corrupted. There's nowhere to go. Why was there so much bravery at the Alamo? No back door. There's no way out of this confrontation now. We have to have it now. I'm never bowing the knee to this. Never. There is no pressure point where that will change. Not happening. They can brainwash my kids. Not doing it for them. Not happening. The answer is no. There's no healing here. There's no redemption here. There's no restoration here. And that's why the repentance is faked. Because it's forced. That's why Mike Gundy's repentance is fake. Because it's forced. He's reading off a script of what he thinks he has to say. Like a hostage. He's paying the college sports jizya. He's not interested in it. Now, a real faith, a real religion would say, dude, we don't want that. That's even worse than when we thought you were against us. At least keep it authentic and real and we'll find a way to respect each other's differences. No, 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 no. This fake cult enjoys the contrivance. Why? Because it's not about restoration. It's about power. Power. The most powerful being in the universe puts himself in a human form to have to relieve his bowels like you and I do, to have to relieve his bladder like you and I do, to have to sleep at night like you and I do, to sweat like you and I do, to bleed like we do, to hunger and thirst like we do. And then he bends the knee to us, washes our feet so that the relationship can be restored. Can you think of a being of immense power who is only interested in power and not in restoration or redemption? Maybe someone who came to our Lord once and offered him power. All the kingdoms of this earth this is demonic, what is going on. Demonic. That's why there's no restoration occurring. That's why there's no healing happening. Because this is demonic in nature. We must say no to all of it. We cannot set the premise, even if there are some legitimate points being made in the midst of this. If you set the precedent that this is the path to having those conversations, you'll regret it later. You have to defeat this demonic movement in the culture, refuse it, hook, line, and sinker, whole cloth, whole cloth. Just as your parents if you were being unruly, disrespectful, even if you might have a legitimate grievance against them, refuse to hear it while you were in this state, so must we respond to this. 
this can be granted no legitimacy at all because it's not legitimate. It's a counterfeit. It's a scam. It's a lie. That's why they're totally fine with cornering college football coaches on social media, cornering white girls on the street corner on video. That's why they're fine with it. Because they want the power. They don't want healing. This isn't about restoration. It's what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said months ago. We don't want your money. We want your power. That's what this is about. Power. If you grant this whatsoever, if you acknowledge this as legitimate whatsoever, you're surrendering. That's why the initial act of contrition is to kneel. This is only about power. That's why your contrition doesn't produce healing. That's why your contrition doesn't produce restoration and unity. But just encourages the spirit of the age to go out and seek more people it can impose itself upon. Because this is a roaring lion seeking whom it may devour. This isn't about anything holy, anything righteous. This is the real pandemic, man. No doubt. No doubt about it. This is what would happen if a plague of of locusts were personified. That's what this is. It's a pestilence. And again, I say this as someone who has spent years trying to get a lot of people on our side to take racial dialogue and race relations seriously. But this isn't serious about any of those things. This is trying to start a race war, is what it is. If you incentivize it and encourage it, we're more likely to have a race war than if you say no to it. You may think you're alone. You might be in your family. You might be in your neighborhood. But we have the largest audience tuning into this show we've ever had. So you're not in this nation. You're not in the culture alone. But you have to say no. This is demonic. It's Baal. It's Moloch. It's a lot of things. But I promise you, it's not about racial healing. Hour two. Buy, sell, or hold us next. We're back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here with Daniel. Oh, Daniel Horowitz is at the bottom of the hour. You're not him. You're tired. I am not. No, neither are you. 
You're Aaron McIntyre. Last time I checked. Yes. And I can find out who you guys are if you email us. Steve at stevedace.com. I'm so excited for Dan to get here. I skipped a segment. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Also, if you're looking for samples of this show, like I said, go to YouTube. Also, if you like the podcast of this show. Uh, please consider leaving us a five-star review if you haven't done this already. The more of those we get, apparently it helps the show in some way. I don't really totally understand what way that is. I, it has to do with like the all-powerful algorithms, I, I guess. But anyway, I know this. The people who make sure the payment my company gets from the Blaze every month, uh, it, it clears the bank. They like to see those five-star reviews, and I like them to like things. We do. So keep those five-star reviews coming, please. Uh, thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. I mentioned our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be here at the bottom of the hour. But let's get to buy, sell, or hold our weekly game where Aaron, with a little help from his friends, that would be you in the audience, uh, puts forth a series of uh, predictions, prophecies, statements. Todd will, and I will decide whether or not we are buying it. We think it has some merit or selling it once per show. We're permitted to put a hold on something, but if it's for any reason other than, wow, that is lame, you have said you have violated the, uh, the dude code by being lame yourself and punking out. And so you probably will be scorned, mocked, maybe even scourged, depending on the mood the rest of us are in. And Buy, Seller, Hold this week is brought to you by Riduzone. Hey, did you fall for that whole quarantine 15 thing while you were locked down? Well, now that the warmer is, weather is here... Why don't you hit the reboot button on 2020 and that New Year's resolution you made to get healthier this year? Riduzone can help you to get back on track. Doctor-developed Riduzone is an excellent way to curb your cravings for the fattening foods that derail your discipline. Backed by two U.S. patents, Riduzone is the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you to feel full faster while burning stored fat and reducing your calorie intake. Riduzone makes it therefore easier to resist those cravings and keep those portion sizes under control because you know what? It's not that you had a half of a Kit Kat bar today. All right. And that reminds me, I got to finish off my pumpkin spice Kit Kats. I saved from last fall. They expire here in a few days, in a few days. So I got a couple of weeks. I got to finish those off. All right. It's, a, it's not that you had one of those at 11 a.m. It's that you had one of them at 11 p.m. All right. That's the issue. And it's not that you had one of them, it's that you had nine, okay? So if you want to keep those portion sizes and cravings under control, that's where Riduzone can come in. But you can only get it on their website, Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. And right now you can save up to 65% off your first order and free shipping if you use the promo code Steve, promo code Steve at Riduzone.com. Aaron, fire away. This first one comes from Stephanie, who emailed this in. She says, when the government threatens to take away the tax-exempt 501c3 status of churches that refuse to comply with the Supreme Court's trans rights discrimination issue, most churches will comply. Sell. Now, this isn't uh, profiles in courage, but I've been... I've been on parish councils before, and the 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 way they've convinced themselves, well, we're running a business, and I've told man, yeah, twenty five years my senior, no, we're not, no, we're not. 
I mean, I get why we have business minded people to consult with and understand, you know, because that's not the bailiwick of many priests. But no, it, it, it's not a business. But a lot of them think that way. So when it comes down to the bottom line, suddenly they're going to get frisky. So it's not for good motivations, but they're, uh, I, won't, I won't say most. I'm torn on how to answer this because I'm, I'm actually a proponent of churches just giving it up right now, voluntarily. And, and just saying, I'm not a... I'm not an agent of the state. I'm going to say and do whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because here's the thing. A lot of churches use it as the shield and excuse for why they don't take stands on things. Is Well, we don't want to threaten our tax-exempt status. Right? So, um, most is too strong of a word, so I'll sell. But I think it will be more than maybe Todd thinks. I think it will be more. But uh, most is too strong of a word. Let's put it this way. Um, you would It would separate the wheat from the chaff, for sure. You would know who's in on that whole gates of hell won't prevail thing and who's really just running a rotary club with a couple yep. of Bible verses thrown in. Correct. Right? Okay. All right, uh, moving on. This one is from Andrew, who says Ruth Bader Ginsburg retires before the election. I don't so. think she'll ever retire. She'll have to. She'll die in that seat, or it's, or physically be incapacitated so she can't perform. But she's not she, going to like just walk away because of old age. Sell? No way. She. I would have said, and of course, then Pope Benedict kind of broke my analogy. But nonetheless, she's she's. High priestess. She's a pope of progressivism. Yes. You, you do it for life. Yeah, folks, I mean, the, the amount of fawning and adulation that she re, she receives from leftists in social media, no, she's not walking away. Okay. Uh, this isn't, I've, I've fallen and I can't get up and I'm just going to remember I'm 85 years old and run and, and run out the clock. No, she'll either, either get up one morning and that's true, whether it's this year or some other year, you're going to get up one morning and either she's passed away or something has, has physically incapacitated her and in her mental state and she can't perform, but that's, that's what it would take. It's not going to be a retirement. John Endicott says this country is one mass casualty event involving the wrong protected class away from total collapse into lawlessness. Absolute buy. Yep. I said this two years ago when I was on Reliable Sources on CNN for probably the first and only time. Um, but I said this after the shooting that happened at the suburban D.C. ball field that, where Steve Scalise was seriously injured. And without having one member of GOP leadership there that had a security detail go along with him, they might have massacred, uh, you know, what was it? Was it like a, a quarter or a tenth or something of the yep. entire GOP congregation was there? And if that had happened, I, I said that Sunday morning afterwards, that could have been a, an Archduke Ferdinand moment. The, you know, the, that lit the powder keg of America. So, I, I mean, it ain't like things have simmered down in the last couple of years. So I'm all in. I completely buy that. Yes. I'll, I'll sell because we're already there. We're, we have the total collapse of lawlessness. Did we not just get done talking about the Supreme Court? That's true. And what just happened? That's a good I mean, point, too. Not all of them look like Chaz Antifa. Yeah. We have yeah. a big enough spread out country with enough wealth that we continue to lie ourselves that we're not. There's that insulation. There's that fat and that blubber. The collapse is there. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That, if the, if your argument is we've already had that moment. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we've had, we're having numerous of them at the same time. I, 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 I could buy into that argument too. Yeah. Todd Saffel says political discussions are more divisive than eschatology discussions. I think that's absolutely a buy. You bet. Yes. You bet. Because it is eschatology. eschatology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you guys have noticed I still have I still have some some substantive disagreements or questions and challenges to the pure and and most popular view in Protestantism known as premillennial dispensational eschatology. You've heard me crack a lot fewer jokes about it in the last in the last few months though, haven't you? Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I'm I'm at the point where I like I still have these issues with it, but I think I'd like it to be true more than ever before, you know? If for no other reason, it would just make some sense of some things that are happening, right? Yeah. Um but um yeah, there's no question that the political conversations are more divisive. Most Americans can't even spell eschatology. If I had a $20 bill for every one of the buy-sell-hold submissions this week that included both Chaz and CPAC in the same submission, I would have probably three or 400 bucks right now. This one from Joel <laughs> is uh, Chaz or Chop gets an Olympic Games bid before Steve talks at CPAC. That's great yes. and a buy. Yes. Bye. Yes. That's tremendous. I thought that one was the best What one. gets recognized by the United States government formally first, Taiwan or Chaz? Chaz. Again, all dead are at Guantanamo Bay. All of them. On that one, I'm just Michael Jordan's assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tylan Wheeler says, there are no actual conservative politicians, just a social construct by progressives to silence half the country. I'll sell. I I know there are actual conservative politicians. There are none that hold any positions of leadership, maybe except for a few governors. Okay. Except for a few governors, there are, but there are none on a, in, there's no conservatives that hold any position of leadership in Washington, D.C. None. Not, not a chief justice, not president. The, 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 Trump's not a conservative. He's friendlier to you, though, than a lot of Republicans claiming to be conservatives have been in the past. I'll, I'll absolutely agree with that. But, you, but he's also, you know, a squeaky wheel gets the grease guy. You don't get what you want from Donald Trump by kissing his ass, man. He actually respects strength. You come at him strong. He has a tendency to give you what you want, okay? But he's not a conservative. Um, certainly nobody in House or GOP leadership uh, in the Senate is. So, so I don't, there aren't any leaders except for a few governors of states who would be actual conservatives. But I know plenty of conservative politicians. They're just not calling the shots anywhere. So also, I'll, I'm going to sell because I think, while I agree with the spirit of what you're saying, I just think it goes a little too far. I, I'm going to sell, uh, th- there are... People heroically, even at the local level, just standing and fighting and not giving a rip. And so as long as there's one of those, I'm not going to disown them. But we actually had a a brief conversation off air yesterday. But ultimately, to what end? Not the principles, but the actual word, the label. It's – I don't – it, branding is a fundamental issue in all life, ultimately, and it's not just about clicks, yo. It's you know, w- words ultimately have meaning. They sway people. Rhetoric. I mean, this, that's why Steve is good at what he is, communicating ideas in a certain way. Broadcasting. He's talked about this. The term conservatism. That's like what. Even if you're really good at it, even if you're fearless in doing it, what's the point at this moment? And, you know, I think in waving that flag, maybe I've missed it, but I think I've noticed even in our own branding here at the blaze, we don't even use a lot of the term anymore, but 
kind of it's a, a pro-America platform, right? Okay. I mean, you can't cry wolf yeah. that long. I'm a conservative. What does that mean? We just yeah, saw with the court what it means. Yeah, I don't. You're 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 right about that. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe I hold on to it. You know, a, a, a buddy of mine is a past. Well, we used to be buddies. It's not. We had a falling out. We just don't see each other anymore. Just running different circles now. But uh, he he pastors a large, a rather large church in a denomination that went left. And I mean, he has remained in that denomination and like fights every step of the way. And and I, I, I was like, why do you care? You know, I mean, just go independent or join another denomination. But the tradition of that association is meaningful to him, right? And I thought at that time it was kind of silly. Now I wonder if maybe I've done that with conservative. It's just, it's been a part of my persona and identity you know, going for over 30 years since I was in high school. Well, to set it aside is a loss. And, to I, be and, sure. I, feel, and I feel like giving it up is giving, giving it up is giving it up. Right? Yeah. But yeah. But then also, is there a point in time when you just kick the dust off your sandals right. and move on? That's my point. Yeah. Susan says uh, there is a petition circulating to impeach Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir in part for keeping people from attending church during COVID-19 lockdown. I'm going to augment this a little bit. Do you buy, sell, or hold any effort, any official effort to hold politicians accountable for this type of action like what Bashir did in Kentucky? Um, I'll buy. Yeah. You'll buy it? Yeah. Well, I would buy the effort. I think the question is from, I, I w- I'm looking at the question from the opposite premise. It's of whether I buy the commitment exists within our ranks to, to carry oh, something oh. like that through. <laughs> okay. Well, you put it that way. Right. I mean, could you get, could you get, could you get 5,000 Kentuckians in a, in a, in a recall Andy Bashir um, Facebook group? Yeah, probably get 50,000 of our people in Kentucky to do that. Maybe 100, right? But but how many of them are going to leave their homes and put in the shoe leather it takes to sure. actually uh, make I an know. effort like that take place? That's that's the, you know, that's the way I was looking at it. So I'm 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 going to sell. I mean, I I think I've described this before. One of the moments that really broke me in my political career was the Mitch McConnell Matt Bevin primary back in uh the 2014 cycle, I think that was. And obviously, you know, sometimes it's hard to recruit good candidates to take on the system. You know, the, well, I shouldn't say good, ideal candidates, people that aren't a little socially awkward or can't raise their own, you know what I'm saying? But it's hard to find an ideal candidate. I mean, Matt Bevin went on to get elected governor of Kentucky, so he wasn't a complete schmuck when, when the movement kind of rallied around him to take on Mitch McConnell in the primary. And I think I write about this in Truth Bombs. Yeah, I did. One of the moments that broke me was what happened in this primary. Not that Matt Bevin lost and not that he lost bad, but where he lost. He got absolutely destroyed. I think it was in the Appalachia area around the state of Kentucky, the most conservative rural areas were the most conservative parts. He got absolutely annihilated, annihilated. Like it wasn't like he was even a candidate, man. And then, and then more people voted in a red state, more people voted in the contested Democrat Senate primary than voted in the Republican one. And the turnout wasn't even close. And I went and looked at, I saw that Fox News basically never covered the primary one time. Didn't even acknowledge Matt Bevin existed, which means if it wasn't on Fox, these people didn't know about it. 
but but Bevin got all kinds of coverage from MSNBC and CNN because all they care about is taking out Mitch McConnell, right? How many of our how many Republican primary voters in Kentucky though are getting their news on the GOP Senate race from from Rachel Maddow or Anderson <laughs> Cooper? Nobody is, nobody is, and so if that's why they don't want people doing what Tucker Carlson's doing right now. So if it didn't come up, if it didn't come up from, I think Bill O'Reilly was still on at that time, was still the anchor at seven o'clock. So from Bill O'Reilly to Greta Van Susteren, the traditional lineup they had for many years, right? If from Bill O'Reilly to Sean Hannity, Greta Van Susteren, name all the names. If they didn't mention Matt Bevin, it's like he didn't exist. Unless he could, you know, spend $20 million running TV ads everywhere. It was like he wasn't on the planet, was never born. If all of the coverage was at CNN and MSNBC, but not at Fox. And that, that, that really broke me to be confronted with the reality of how difficult it is to even reach our base than, than before you even get to mobilize them, right? So that's why I'm going to sell. I'm buying because in the political sphere, so we don't reach the point that we are now with a place called Chaz and riots in the streets, we... This is not. This is a maxim Steve has talked about uh, uh, before. It's not his, but it's ancient. Po- politics is war yeah. by another means. Yeah. We need not not clicks your war. We need to have real war in politics again. That week, then can put aside beca- and then go have you know the fabled story. It's taken too far, but the drinks between Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan, though. But there, like you, there should be way more impeachment. The, and and if you're going to suspend liberties like governors did. I I mean, it's not going to happen in New York, but in a place like Kentucky, when that guy made this call, and if you fundamentally believe he erred in it, gone. We, I mean, good grief. Look at what they... Furthermore, if, if unless you balance the scales, look, Scott Walker had a lot of problems as a presidential candidate, but look what they tried to do to uh, Scott Walker in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And he fought, I mean, it's, a, and he fought back and they won because people planted a flag and said here and no further. There needs to be a lot more of that. So if, yeah, in Kentucky, if you are disgusted uh, uh, with somebody, it wasn't just a policy disagreement. Fundamental American liberties were taken away from you. You go take your state back if you think that's the right thing to do. Putin on a Ritz says the silent majority is much bigger than anyone thinks and they won't be able to stay silent much longer. Sell. I don't believe there's a silent majority in America anymore. I think there may be a silent plurality. I think there's a larger block of people like us than the system wants to admit because it's largely driven you underground because you can't even apparently wear an OAN t-shirt now. Um, But I don't believe there's a silent majority. I think that's a talking point from the 80s and 90s. And I don't think that's true. Doesn't mean that 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 the polls won't be proven wrong on election day and Trump won't be reelected. That's not what it means. But the idea that um, if it is, and let me say this: if there is a silent majority, it's the crappiest silent majority yeah. of all time. Just to sit there and remain silent while you get rolled on every front, and then only show up the first Tuesday in November to vote, and then think that will put everything back in order, right. and then go back into your corner and remain silent. So I guess I'm actually hoping there's not a silent majority anymore, because if there is, and all this silent majority knows how to do is vote for Republicans who will sell you out faster than you can say Esau. Okay, there's um, another S word that more yes, accurately describes a, this majority. majority is what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a poopy majority. It's a runny poop majority. So I'm kind of going with I'm hoping that just doesn't exist anymore because if this is a silent majority, yikes, 
It's a yeah. sucky one. Yeah. I'm selling because there seems to be a a moral connotation to the way you're talking about it. I said last week, I believe, that this there could be a huge increase in voter turnout. Uh, that That's absolutely possible. And we, we're not sure who it will be, why it will happen, what their motivations will ultimately be. And when we sort that all out, we may have something that is a new silent majority, but it'll be something we'll have to analyze it along the parameters that steve just set and we'll the question will be what the hell have you guys been doing this whole time so it's not there may be something and we'll have to retrofit the word but it's not the one of the past to the degree that it existed at all it's not that g chums says mike i'm a man i'm 40 gundy will now have his dude card permanently revoked for committing a dude code capital offense i'm a total buy capital is a strong word but the very least it is a corporal offense yeah yes bye i have no mercy i i I have nothing he deserves everything that's coming to him victim yeah no 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 totally you're right It, it is a serious transgression of the dude code no question about it Jim Stalker says, within weeks, public lynchings of non-communists and Christians and Chaz will take place. Seattle law enforcement won't intervene. The local Democrat-run government will applaud. Well, they're already beating street preachers. Um, okay, I'll buy. Particularly, and if it won't be an outright lynching, whatever the, up, the uprisal is, I don't believe they'll do anything about it. This again is why I'm I'm so hard on Trump. He's the out. We know who the Democrats are. Okay, does does it shock you to learn that the Democrats are are not interested in controlling the inner cities of America? Is, is this a, is this is this a new development from 2020? It is not. It is not. Are you shocked to learn Republicans are full? The, the ranks of Republican leaders are manginas who hate us more than Democrats. Is this new? No. Have we not? Are you familiar? Have we done this show in the past? You've been yeah. here. But we did this before Donald Trump came down the escalator, right? We had these all these conversations, right? So what's the variable here? What's new? Everything else is, the, is a constant. We knew everything all along. What's the variable? He is. So the simple reality is, for those of you that are still clinging to never Trump and pissed at me for abandoning it the day after the election, because here's the other reality. The truth of the matter is, unless you've got one of a handful of good governors in, in this country, and that doesn't mean I agree with him on everything. I would not have restored the felon voting rights like Kim Reynolds did today. I would not have done oh, that. Oh, no. Would not have done that. Okay? Um... But I would put her in that group, Kemp in that group, DeSantis in that group. There's a handful of governors. And that's about it. Unless you're in a state with one of those handful of governors, nothing good's going to happen unless Trump does it. Just not. Tell me who else would do it. Who else would do it? Who? Who? Who is it? I can't. Maybe there a, isn't one. Maybe a sheriff somewhere. A sheriff somewhere. Okay? That's it. And he often won't do it unless you press upon him the need that he must do so, right? That's why, do you understand, maybe, have the, watching a foreign government of dweebs in skinny jeans who couldn't handle an hour on your roughing job in the summer, that you bench press more than they weigh if you go to the gym, the kids you gave swirlies to in school, they carried your jock strap. Watching them become in between overdosing on avocado toast 
watching them watching being invaded by a skinny jean wearing armada of dweebs whose parents had coexist bumper yes. stickers. Yes. Can you understand now watching this happen in your country? Why I've taken the approach with you guys and Trump I have the last couple of years. Hit him from the right. Stay on him. Attack him. Because the truth of the matter is, unless you get one of the sheriffs that you talked about or a handful of governors, if you can't get Donald Trump to do it, nothing good's happening politically. Nothing is. Nothing and nothing is better yeah. than what would happen otherwise. As if nothing would be the upgrade. Nothing is the upgrade. He's, your, he's the only instrument tool you have right now, except for a handful of sheriffs and governors. That's it. But if you don't pressure him, if you don't stay on him, if you slurp, you're going to get Jared Kushnered here. And let me tell you what getting Jared Kushnered means. Joe Dementia will take the oath of office in January, I promise. Jared Kushner's not going to beat the energy on the Democratic side in November. I promise you that is the case. A guy that doesn't remember his name will appoint, will appoint Ginsburg and Clarence Thomas's successors. Although based on what we saw from Neil Gorsuch earlier this week, maybe it would be one and the same. Who the hell knows? But at least there's a roll of the dice if the Trump guy wins. You know what the dice, you know, you, you know you're on snake eyes if, the, if dementia does, okay? On a given day, isn't sure if he's Captain Planet or Joe Biden. But right now, man, it's the Jared Kushner presidency, which means it's going to soon be the dementia-riddled presidency. And the only way out of this is people like you. People like you have got to say, ah, we expect a little bit more, but thanks. Aaron, go ahead. Russ Salerno says Madden 2021 will have two new features. One, a pregame kneel, and two, Wuhan virus option that renders the crowds with associated social distancing guidelines. Oh, man, I'm so glad we got this one in before we had to get to the break. I love Russ. This is one of the best. This is one of the best ones we've ever had. I mean, this is so well done. I mean, I I don't even want to, like, offer. I don't want to. I just... I wanted to let it stand on its own. Just, yep. I don't. This is a Babylon B headline. Yes, yes. Me, me, me buying or selling it reduces, diminishes its impact. Like you have come up with an Abbey Road here. This is a thriller, a back in black, um, a, a Led Zeppelin four, an Actung baby. I mean, this is a magnum opus that you have here. Okay. I, I feel critiquing it, commenting on it diminishes its brilliance. That it should just, after you've heard this, you just, you know. Um, it's one of those yes. things where you're in the, the museum and it's like, it's like the eyes are following me. It's just, you're, 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 I'm in your gaze. Like Dave Grohl knew when they, when they laid down the track for, for Monkey Wrench. He knew we're not doing a better song than that. That'll be the best song we ever do. He knew. They knew. They just, they just know at certain moments, right? Like I knew after Nefarious Plot was done, I'll never write anything better in my life than that. It's certainly not anything more prophetic, right? Russ, uh, can I give you a piece of unsolicited advice? Never offer any more buy-seller hold suggestions. Take George Costanza's advice. It's a mic drop, brother. Walk away, right? You're John Elway. You just won that second Super Bowl. 
yeah, you could play a few more years, but why? But because he's a dude, Russ will be back next week. <laughs> we promise you that. <laughs> uh, one more really quick. Garrett Humbertson says Netflix's cancellation of Messiah had nothing to do with viewership or the Wuhan flu and everything with where the showrunners were about to take the show next. I could buy that. But we remember yeah. you and I talked yep. about this a little bit like there. And some of them may have like been. Are we a little bit too on the nose and are we now playing with forces we didn't fully understand and I don't think I'm capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I could definitely see it. Um, I mean, I, I mean, the amount of now who knows? No, we're, Netflix doesn't share any of their proprietary information. So we we go we only know what is trending on Netflix based on what Netflix tells us. Right. There's no external. There's no um, counter or Nielsen that tells us uh, has any form that's not vested in Netflix to tell us. Okay. But I, I'll say this. I don't, I can't think of a show they've put out in 2020 mm. in the world and that we operate in it generated more buzz. I can't believe that show got made in the first place. Yeah. 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 All right. We'll come back. Our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will join us next taking us inside politics here on the blaze. Stay tuned. Let's get to it. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation joins us now. Our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? We're doing all right in these challenging times, Steve. So earlier this week, in fact, yesterday on the show, I, I broke down for the audience what transpired earlier this week at the U.S. Supreme Court. I called it a complete and total defeat and repudiation on multiple fronts of virtually everything we believe in on every issue that the court addressed, that it was arguably the worst day the Constitution has had before the U.S. Supreme Court since Roe v. Wade and, and maybe in the entire history of this country, that they gave us a Roe v. Wade on religious liberty including trying it to codify into law by fiat mental illness as a protected class. And that essentially in the end, if you voted for George W. Bush twice like me, all you got was the worst foreign policy decision in in American history. And then maybe the worst chief justice in American history on top of that. And if you're a Butt Gorsuch voter, he essentially returned your investment uh, with razor blades. Did I go too far, Daniel? As always, Steve, you don't go far enough. I mean, that was the decaf version. Come on. You could do better than that. I mean, here we're now saying that man equals woman is the law of the land. I mean, it's Chuck Grassley, the GOP uh, chairman of the of the Judiciary Committee for many years, said this is the law of the land. A guy with a you know what between his legs mm-hmm. is, a, is a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's your problem? I mean, as, as Deb Fisher, Republican from Ruby red, Nebraska said, I don't have a problem with that. Um, Steve, here, here's the reality. I don't have a problem with Gorsuch. Gorsuch is a reflection of those who chose him. Those who chose him in the federalist society, in the Republican Senate, they reflect this. They reflect these values. This is actually the one area where I wouldn't even blame Trump. Normally, the buck should stop with him, but he's not going to know the inner workings of who's who. They all say this guy's a great justice. He's going to rely on them. It's it's their problem. But again, it's a reflection. Wait a minute. I was assured that he was great on the Chevron doctrine. So, so Steve, th- that I mean, that, I literally, I literally issue. watched people in, in conservative Twitter masturbate 
on his, at his appointment because uh, they were just they were masturbatory giddy of how good he was at the Chevron doctor. Now I now I usually prefer local. I go to Come and Go and Quick Trip here uh, in Des Moines. I try to promote local businesses and avoid you know uh, as much as I can. So I don't I don't get gas at Chevron very often. But apparently Neil Gorsuch man. He's, I mean, he's, he's the straight poop when it comes to the Chevron doctrine. And, and, and that's a reflection of the conservative legal and political movements as well. See, while the country is being torn apart, our values torn apart, criminal is victim, victim is criminal, cop is robber, robber is cop. Man is woman, woman is man. Citizen is alien, alien is citizen. Gorsuch in Sessions v. DeMaio, we, we talked about that, or DeMaio v. Sessions, we talked about that um, a year and a half ago. He screwed us on that. He redefined a citizen. A citizen has a right to due process. A non-citizen has a right to due process to remain in the country and litigate against the deportation, even when he is a, a serious criminal. Several thousand criminal aliens have been released as a result of that DeMaio opinion. He has, uh, he has never seen a criminal he doesn't love. Um, he has thrown out um, half of Reagan's Armed Career Criminal Act uh, in numerous, numerous cases. Here's the bottom line. On February 9, 2017, I wrote an article at Conservative Review. Uh, your audience could Google it. 15 questions that will confirm whether Gorsuch is an originalist. We always talk about these abstract things. I remember in the this future. piece. Yeah. The next election, the next, oh, the courts, we have to get this judge so this happens. And then when we reach the Super Bowl, we're, we're asleep. And I said, like, this is what it's all about. And, and I laid down, you know, the basic points that are in contention that will definitely come before the courts are coming before them. They're not in the weeds type of, you know, deeply scholarly debates over close calls of separation of powers. These are straight up. Is a citizen a citizen? Is an alien a citizen? You know, man versus female. Life. I mean, just straight up, how do you view the 14th Amendment in its basic sense? This was question number 11. When Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and Title IX of the Education Amendments Act of 1972 prohibit discrimination based on sex, does that include what is now referred to as, quote, gender identity and, quote, sexual orientation, or does it mean sex as was understood when the law was passed? This is going to be a big issue early on in Gorsuch's time on the bench. Multiple federal circuits have already weighed in on the issue, declaring that what was meant as sex decades ago can now be interpreted to force transgender policies on the American people without consent as settled law. That was question number 11. I gave it to a couple of senators to ask him, and I guess they never asked the question. Because, Steve, the reality is the Republican Party agrees with stuff that even Obama wasn't pushing until his second This is what I said to the audience as well, Daniel. They're they're relieved. Most of the, 97% of them are relieved that he did this for one of two reasons. And, and in so many cases, both a, they agree with it, just didn't have the balls, pardon the pun themselves to step forward and put it out there because they still have to lie to our base to get their vote or B they didn't want to have to push back on any of this. And they're glad he just basically took the issue off the table so they can get they can get back to discussing whether we're going to give two trillion or one trillion in the next bailout and and whether we're going to go ahead and handcuff cops before we put them on the street or just have one hand uh, tied behind their back to do their job. That so so and some of them are on both sides of that, but that's why they're ecstatic. 97% of the people we voted in fall into one of those camps and several of them into both of them. They're ecstatic. And, 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 it's, and it's the perfect reflection of 
what happened after Obergefell. If you remember, when, whenever you have a decision from the Supreme Court that once in a while they, they don't yet go there like, yeah, you know, illegal aliens don't quite have that amount of, you know, uh, leeway in this country. They like riot. I mean, every Democrat senator puts out a statement. Chuck Schumer puts out legislation, legislative fix. We're going to fix this. And after Obergefell, McConnell said no comment. He literally told a reporter that he wouldn't talk about it. And I thought at least they would play the antiquated game. This was the GOP of two, three, four years ago. Yeah, look, you know, we, we really understand that, 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 that you know, uh, it, it's important that people have castration operations and everything. Just, just please don't tase me, bro. Religious liberty, just, just leave them alone. That was typically the mm -hmm. line. Yes, man is a woman, but you know you still can't criminalize religious institutions. That um, all the Christian groups demand a conscience yeah. clause, right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. now this is literally in there. I mean, as Alito said in the dissent, it's literally in there because it's the same language in the Federal Housing Act and the Education Amendments of '72. Um, it's everywhere now. So, a man, a man who says he's a woman. That is a man for the purpose of federal law. Now, it's not, but in our conception of judicial supremacism. So therefore, you if you are a Catholic school and you don't want to have a cross-dresser as a teacher, you're going to be hit up with Title VII. I mean, there is no way around that. They're already doing that even without this court opinion. That is done. That is done. They said we're not going to do any legislation, nothing. We are done. So religious liberty – Gone. That's the new Obergefell. But Steve, we're on to the next fight. The next fight. But you know what's gonna <clears throat> gonna be funny? I'm gonna predict something for you right here, right now. See, I think we are gonna win one decision, a very defensive victory, and that's gonna be. The is, is this gonna be like Masterpiece Cake Shop, where they gave no. that poor, apparently the only baker in all of Denver a win, but not on the merits of his claim that he actually can do whatever he wants with his intellectual property, but because they, they couldn't find any way that the state of Colorado was targeting him other than religious animus. That kind well, of a win. Well, we're gonna have many of those, but I'm saying coming up as early as tomorrow, if not then, then sometime next week, likely by the end of next week, you're gonna have the DACA case where. I mean, we never know now, but let's just say five to four, they'll say, yeah, Trump doesn't quite have to continue in a legal program um, that even a king couldn't do under King George's time to make denizens of aliens without parliament. So then you're going to see the GOP. I mean, you want to talk about a riot? They're going to claw at each other to get in front of a microphone and say how they're going to have a legislative fix yeah. for the first time ever yep. of a Supreme Court decision. Yep. And within, and it's within gonna be 24 amnesty. hours, yeah. you will have legislation to backfill that amnesty. Good That's times. That's GOP for you. So in other words, I mean, that, good times. Good time good, had good, by good all. Good times. Good times. Even a broken clock is right twice. These guys are never right even one time. They will fix the one Supreme Court decision that's just like hands off a defensive victory. Yeah, we're not going to yet create these rights here. Here's another thought to think of, Steve. When's the only time the conservative movement ever had a united, consistent message crossing swords with the left and fighting them day to day on an issue? That was Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, yeah. So think about it. The only thing they'll fight for is the very scam 
that ensures the Democrats get permanent victories on 100-year cultural battles overnight without them getting the blame for it. Because when Gorsuch is bad, then Kavanaugh's not. But when 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 Kavanaugh's bad, then Gorsuch is on the other side. Mm-hmm. You see, we the, the left has a four to one plurality on the court, and then there's one 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 one. Alito is the closest to Thomas, not not always, but he'll join with him more of the time. Gorsuch sometimes will be with him, sometimes not. And Kavanaugh, they'll each flip, but we'll never get five votes. And here's the deal, Steve. We're not talking about the 1930s. We're talking about the era of Antifa. So it's not like, well, I'm with you conservatives on, you know, a, a man being a woman in this case, but not in this case, or an alien being a citizen in this case. I mean, there's nothing to parse. The, the, the element of cases that are coming before the Supreme Court are so radical that you would have to run the table on them. Mm-hmm. But they're not. They have this scorecard where they play this game every every term, how many times they're going to screw us. But here's the thing. Steve, they're going to continue making money. The Federalist Society and the Judicial Crisis Network will continue raising money for the next fight. Oh, we have to win this next election because look at all these judges. And by the way, maybe we ought to revisit these hundred or so judges that have been appointed. Maybe we ought to look into their records and question them. Hey, do you believe a man's a woman? A couple minutes left here. Rush Limbaugh took your analysis of what happened at the Supreme Court yesterday and read it to his entire audience all over the country. I mean, Tucker Carlson, what he's doing on his show the last couple of weeks, it, it's very similar to the kind of stuff we've been doing on this show for the last 10 years. Are those signs of, dare I say, some optimism? What Steve, do you think? that in conjunction with the news that Tucker had over 4 million listeners, viewers, blew out every cable yeah, he, show. He's, he's a half million viewers ahead of his next closest competition right now. Yeah. Yep. E- even among younger demographics, he's winning, which is which is the key because Fox typically only attracts an older audience. To me, that was the biggest news of the week. And it wasn't just personal with Rush Limbaugh, you know, him praising conservative review as an uncorruptible, uh, consistent <laughs> website. But really for, for what you said, because – Steve, it doesn't have to be this way. If people would only wake up and jump out of that pot, we still have a silent majority on at least some of these bedrock issues on a cop not being a robber and a robber not being a cop and a man being a woman. But what the Republican Party and the conservative movement and the conservative talk shows until now have done is give people just enough morphine and just enough political fentanyl to dull their senses and basically prevent a revolution or, or cut off enough of the take enough of the edge off of the Antifa policies that they don't succeed in implementing that the people don't revolt. If we can't make people see the light, I want them to feel the pain mm-hmm. and we need people to start doing that. And Steve, I think that's the first step. We can't wait till November. We need to have that right here, right now. Great stuff, my friend. Always good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Take care. See you next week. You bet. Gentlemen, any thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel Horowitz? 
get all the warm fuzzies from that last sign. If we can't make them see the light, we need to make them feel the pain. Uh, yeah, and Steve, you were talking about earlier today about why a father does what he does with his children in love. And I, I mentioned yesterday without specifically being able to flesh it out, but uh, Jesse Kelly, said, in referring to Chaz, said, I thank God I had a father in my life who I was terrified enough above. If I ever behaved like that, he would have just kicked my, my ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yep. We, we, it's time for the definition of fathers and manhood in this moment, because if not now, when to step up and draw those lines and say, a whooping's coming, son. I'm not. I hate bullies. I was raised by them. Yeah. I've fought against him my whole life and career. That being said, a lot of what is going on in this country right now, if there, if, if, if more guys had just had ever been in a real fight, yeah. ever had to take a real punch, and had an old man that loved him enough that at one point in time took him behind a woodshed and taught him what's up, a lot of this would not be happening right now. I'm certain of it. Certain of it. Aaron. I couldn't say it any any better than that. It, it's the same thing. Even in these dire times, like what we've been living through for the last three to four months now, even in these incredibly depressing times, the message from Daniel has always been the same. It's always been the same. Things suck. But we're this close to actually doing something good if we just had the resolve, the will, if you will, to, to do what needs to be done. But too many are, are comfortable with uh, owning the libs. Owning the libs for, for clicks and, and getting their jollies off that way. I mean, when you were when you were talking about Gorsuch and the Chevron doctrine, uh, you didn't even you didn't even see me over here. I was actually making the motion that you then talked about uh, as far as what conservatives did. Yeah, I actually was doing that over here when you said that. That's that's such a perfect picture, though. We are so in love. I mean, the people who are actually making the decisions are so in love with their own hubris and their own intellect and their own power. They care, they care nothing. They are completely out of touch. So that final line that Daniel said there, if we can't make him see the light, we got to make him feel the pain. They are like our children. They're not, they're, they're, yes, they are our employees, but they are like children. They are maybe, maybe a better, maybe a better analogy, not the children, maybe a, a dog that needs to be trained. That's a good one. Yeah. Because that's that's how they're going to learn. Because they're not obviously they are have no conception of what life is like in the real world once they get to Washington. That's going to do it for today. We're going to stick around and do the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.